Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 311. Today we're going to take a look at Morocco. This is a new game from Eagle Griffin Games. Uh, designed by Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback, who designed Fleet, which is one of my favorite games, uh, and also published by Eagle Griffin Games. Uh, this game, Morocco, is a very abstract uh, kind of mechanics first game. Uh, so players are going to be vying for control. So it's kind of an area control type of idea where they're installing different markets in the marketplace here uh, in Morocco, excuse me, different market stalls. And they're also trying to kind of balance sort of an end game uh, kind of area majority type of thing with the market stalls versus scoring immediately and then using some different special actions and things to kind of strike out and move around sort of scout the different markets and so on uh, let's jump in and take a look at how it works and then i'll tell you what i think of it okay here you can see the board set up for a three-player game it does play two to five players and you can see players have their components in the different colors here. They've got these market stalls like so, and they have also these assistants. These are kind of like workers that they're gonna be putting out. Each player also has two of these tourist tokens. These are like special workers. And they also have these bodyguards. The bodyguards don't start off available to the players. You've got to acquire them through scoring, and then you can use them as you get them, and then they go back here to get acquired later. And then you've also got, these are called cousin tokens and you can spend these in the game as well. And what you're trying to do is get your stalls out here onto the board as well as collect these juice seller tokens here. And you can see these were randomly uh, put on the board. These are values uh, two through four and these are gonna be worth that many points at the end of the game. The other thing that has been randomly set out is one of each of the color of the different information cubes it's called and uh, this is information about you know what the stalls have and what they're selling is going to be here so you can take one of the each of the five put them randomly along the bottom and then along the side there and then also in this kind of moncala type of deal here and then you'll put this little uh, token here uh, for players to manipulate during the game and then one player will get the start player marker and then you've got some empty basic stalls i shouldn't call those empty but these are sort of like neutral stalls that will go out on the board some gold coins and then a die and the die is only used in the two and three player game in the three player game so in this case uh, the start player will roll the die and then all the players will get one cube of that color from the general supply in a two player game you actually roll it twice each player rolls uh, if you roll let's see here this here you can actually choose the cube of your choice if you get the little question mark. So after you do any die rolling, or in the case of a four or five player game, don't, then players will each get a chance to manipulate this little Moncala here. So what's gonna happen, let's say the white player here is first, they're gonna take and move this to here, let's say, and they're gonna take a green cube and a purple cube. So they're gonna take anything that is adjacent to where they moved it, all of the other players are gonna take a cube of the spot where you moved it. So in this case, white will get a green and a purple, and then blue and yellow will each get a black cube. And then blue will move it, and they have to move it. Let's say they go over here. And so blue will get a brown and a black cube, and then white and yellow will each get a purple cube. And then he can move it somewhere else along here. And then everybody does that once, and then at the end of the round, this just goes back here in the middle. So you have one phase of that every round, and then players will each take two actions. And actions are simply to just put different workers out onto the board. Uh, so actions are taken in turn order, so everybody takes one and then everybody takes another. And so in this case, white, if they wanted to just simply put out a worker, well, you can see the cost of that. Now let's just zoom in a little bit closer here and try to find a kind of a cool spot. We can see there's a lot of these four-point tokens here. 
So let's say white wants to get a worker in here. And so they need a brown cube because you can draw a line from the brown on this side. And then they also need an orange cube. So you kind of draw an intersection. So uh, white has to discard a brown and an orange, and then they can put a worker anywhere in the stall. And typically you want to put it to the next to the highest value uh, token. So if it's possible, he is not guaranteed to get that token, but it's possible now that he'd be able to grab that four point token. And then let's say blue comes out and they put another one here. If they wanted to put one here, they would need a purple and a green. So you put one out there and then you just keep going along. So the cost to put any worker out is of course just the cubes that you need. Now if you put a tourist token out, let's say yellow got frisky and wanted to put this out, and he, let's say he wanted to put it, I don't know, here. So he would have to pay a green and an orange plus any other cube, doesn't matter what it is. So you have to discard three total cubes. And I'll explain what a tourist is for in a minute. He could have, instead of doing the tourist, used his cousin token. This allows you to put out two workers. So he could do uh, the same idea, green and orange, and then again, an additional third of any token. And he can put a second uh, worker out in any adjacent spot. So maybe he puts this here, and then he puts in the adjacent sort of stall area here like that. Now, once you use this, it's discarded and out of the game. So you've only got two of these to use throughout the entire game. So you gotta use these when it's uh, meaningful. And the same, uh, when the tourists end up doing their special activity, they're gonna be removed from the game as well. Now, if you have a bodyguard, and I'll explain how you get bodyguards in a minute, but if you have one in your supply, it's just the normal cost. So in this case, a green or orange. But the thing is, is the bodyguards actually count as two workers. They still only take up one of these little squares, but it counts as having two. Well, why does that matter? Well, as soon as one of these areas has four workers, let's say white jumped in here like that. So as soon as this has four workers, which this does because blue and white each have one and yellow technically has two, you're going to score this. You're going to count the number of workers that are in that spot and whoever has the most is going to get five points and then the ability to put out their market stall. So in this case, uh, if yellow was the person with the most, which they are, they would get five points along the victory point track here and then put out their stall and they're going to face it a certain direction. You can see the arrow like that. So let's just take this off here and then we'll put that stall there and this will be kind of influencing the spot next to it. Now if you remember, these were all in these different spots adjacent to these different uh, juice seller tokens. So wherever you were next to a token, you'll take that. Uh, so the blue player would get this three point token, the white player would get this two point token, and then the yellow player would get this two point token. Now if somebody was adjacent to it on some other spot, well now they're kind of out of luck because if yellow snagged that, there's nothing really for blue to get there. So you've got to keep in mind uh, as you know these kind of fill up where to go grab stuff. So these will come off, the bodyguards will actually go back onto the board here and they have to be gotten a different way. Well now how actually do you get bodyguards? Well second place will get uh, two points and then they'll get access to one of their bodyguards and they also will get a gold coin. Now what can gold coins be done? So you can have up to three gold coins at any time and these are worth one point at the end of the game if you don't use them. But if you do use them and you can spend as many as you want on your turn, you can swap uh, these different cubes. So if I 
if that, and especially useful as the game kind of fills up with these different stalls. If I really wanted, let's say, an orange to be here instead of the brown, I could spend a gold token and swap these like this. So you can swap any on you know, the right-hand side here or any on the bottom within that context. So you can spend as many gold tokens as you want to swap and then as you spend and do different actions. Now third place would get one victory point and then you get a bodyguard or a gold token. And if there's ties, then you actually will place an empty stall if there's a tie for first. But the player that does that is the person whose turn it is, the person who filled it up. So they'll get to put the empty stall and they'll get to point it to you know, whatever direction. So let's say we scored this tall and I pointed it over here like this. So what does that mean that it's pointing there? Well, what this actually means is there's sort of like a virtual worker inside of here. Uh, so now we currently have three workers, one, two, three, and then any uh, stalls that are pointed this direction will add to that total worker amount, but not for considering, considering who scores the majority. So if we did this, then now there's four workers because you've got one, two, three, plus this overflow kind of coming from an adjacent spot. And so we'll do this, this will trigger a tie for first place and then another uh, generic stall will go out. So you can actually have triggers, uh, you know, and multiple things where this goes boom, 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 and you put a stall out and it puts another stall out, which triggers another one. So you gotta watch out for that as well. Uh, the other thing, which I haven't talked about, is these tourists. So let's say the tourist was here for yellow instead of a normal worker. So after we scored this, then you can move that tourist in any adjacent spot. Let's say we just we wanna move down here to start to seal up the majority. Once you do that, once it's moved, you actually discard it out of the game and replace it with a normal worker. So it kinda of gives you a spot to score and then score, hopefully help you score a little bit later as well. So you're gonna keep playing until there are only five or fewer empty stall spaces out on the board and then that will be the end of the game and then you're going to take and add up all the points from all of your little juice seller tokens you're going to get one point for any of the gold here and then you're going to get three points for each of your stalls that's in your largest contiguous network so if yellow had like let's say these three here and then maybe only two up here then they would just count this biggest area here and they would get nine points. So three for each of those in their largest uh, contiguous area. Uh, the only other thing to mention is you can only keep one of these tokens in your possession uh, into the next round. So you can't really hoard them or anything. And uh, if, you, if there's a spot that you can put the tokens out, like, like if you can spend a green and an orange, even if you don't necessarily want to, you have to spend something. Unless there's nowhere for you to put, then you can, of course, pass on your action if you can't do it. Uh, but that's pretty much the game. Okay, so that is Morocco. Uh, what do I think of it? Well, first thing I want to talk about is the player count because it actually works very well at uh, the different player counts. And I haven't played with five, but I played it with the other player counts and it works great with two, three, four. Uh, the die rolling thing, which I showed you in the walkthrough, uh, works very well because it, all it does is really kind of seed some extra uh, cubes into the board and just kind of give folks enough cubes that they wouldn't get just from the normal use of the, uh, uh, the token here. And it kind of alleviates, I think, too much AP in the game with less players. Uh, because if you had to like use that twice or something, then it would add a lot of AP to the game with, with only two or three players because there's a lot of kind of wide open spaces. When you kind of add those extra players, uh, there's still a bit of AP to the game or at least it's kind of prone to it. But I think after you play it a little bit, it's kind of like, okay, I can just kind of ease into it. I go to a spot and this is gonna get me what I need. I know, you know, I'm trying to get my little network of, of stalls or there's a nice juicy four point token 
broken there or something, or I see a spot where I can maybe trigger multiple uh, scorings for myself if I can do it. So I know I really need a black cube. So if you kind of keep focused that way, uh, then the AP won't creep in too much. I think the box says 45 minutes, if I remember right, yes. I would say maybe with a two-player game or three-player game after you played it a few times, you'd get it under 45 minutes, which I haven't seen. I think you're gonna push about an hour and so. Like I said, I haven't played with five, but I would expect that to go a little bit over an hour. It's gonna play, it's gonna kinda, stuff's gonna kinda get eaten up quicker, so it's gonna kinda compensate. I think 45 minutes is too short, I think it's about an hour. <laughs> so. Uh, but maybe after you played it like 10 times, it would go down. And I could see that, I could see that honestly, because once you kind of get used to, uh, when do I use my special ability stuff? And that's really kind of the kicker of the game. When do I play the cousins to you know, splurt out two workers at once or get the tourist out and get him triggered or you know once i get some bodyguards you know when's the right time to use that and that's kind of cool i like those i like games that do that sometimes where you got it's very discreet uh, simple structure but you have like these couple of special things that you can do and it's like when do i pull the trigger on that um, because it can be pretty important like when you spend your special uh different worker abilities so that's pretty cool um i like the whole kind of balance of, okay, if I score this, I can kind of sneak in and get that bodyguard, which is gonna help me later. And it kind of thwarts somebody trying to score immediately. And you kind of try to like make people do work for you because you like sneak in there and you're like, okay, cool, well, you can finish that whatever you want. You're locked in for first anyway. That's a nice kind of balance bet uh, between that. And it's, it uses term a lot called brinkmanship where it's kind of like, I'm gonna go out here, I'm gonna go out here. And then you kind of hopefully carry me home a little bit. And then the game kind of switches from you know scoring those getting those immediate sort of points um, with the the tokens. You don't score them immediately. You just take them, put them face down. But you get those juice seller tokens, and then you know you go boom, boom. I'm trying to get these four pointers, four pointers. But then the whole stall positioning becomes very important. And then towards the end of the game, as the board fills up with more stalls, this whole kind of weird mancala thing becomes very important because like. If you don't have any gold tokens to be able to swap those cubes, it's like, oh, I really don't need orange because that whole row is like filled up. So I don't want any orange to do anything to do with that. Uh, so it's a very kind of interesting arc that happens uh, in the game as well. But I think if you like these kind of abstract euros, if you like Rudiger Dorn, I think you might like this game. It kind of it feels similar vibe to that, uh, but it plays relatively quick for this kind of game. There's some crunchiness to it. it takes just about an hour. Um, and I think it's a gorgeous kind of production for this style of game as well. So I definitely would take a look at this one. Thanks.